1: Hey, hey, hey! What's up, LZ? Sedano and LZ with you at seven hundred and ten ESPN. Qué pasa?
2: Hola. Look at me; I am bilingual. Yeah, look at you. Not, not really.
3: You now know we what were, I learned,
2: Would you, know you like learn during COVID? What'd you learn? I learned, George, that it wasn't that I was too busy to learn Spanish. It's that I wasn't disciplined enough to learn Spanish. During COVID, you can no longer say, oh, I'm too busy to do this or to that. No, you, you find out who you are during COVID. And I found out I'm not disciplined enough to learn Spanish right now. That's what I found out. No, oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm, funny. Di- I'm disappointed in myself, actually, because I really wanted to believe it was my schedule. But no, I'm just a lazy ass. And COVID has revealed that to me. Right. Well right. done, COVID.
1: Now, before we get started on the basketball stuff, because I do want to talk about this LeBron Kyrie thing, because this all of a sudden got juicy. Um, But you had a great conversation. We had a great conversation going before the show started during the break. Would you like to relay it uh, to everyone? Oh, well, sure. About Christmas music.
2: I I, I don't want to put, you know, our boy Jorge on blast, but I guess, you know, you want me to. I was just scrolling through the Billboard Hot 100 and noticed that All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey is currently number two in the charts. And last year hit number one. Um, Feliz Navidad, which is one of my favorite Christmas songs, has never even cracked the top ten. So my question to you, George, as well as the rest of the crew and listeners, do you believe that All I Want for Christmas is You by, by Mariah is a better song than Feliz Navidad?
1: No, I don't. Um uh, but I do think that's generational. Um, you know, but I, I don't I don't think like I think All I Want for Christmas is a cute little song. Feliz Navidad is a traditional song, is what uh, the way I would describe
2: mm-hmm. it. So you think Jose is a little too traditional for today's audience?
1: I mean, I could see where like I, I think that if you grew up in a in a Hispanic household in a Latino household, and Laura, maybe you can you can vouch for me here or maybe not, um I think that, you know, this is uh, this is like a song that is part of your childhood, right? Is that fair to say? 100%. You
0: always blasted that around December, Christmas for sure. Uh,
2: Yeah, 100%. I just, I don't understand why this song has yet to hit the top 10. I think we should make that our mission. Why shouldn't that song be a top 10 song?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Laura, why do you think? Do you think it's just because it's in in Spanish or part of it is in Spanish?
2: I think that has a lot to do with it. But also,
1: I think um, George had or Jorge had a point that it's a little slow. So I think because you mentioned that Mariah Carey is cute. Right. And I mean, Latinos, we we get hated on a little bit. So Mm. I think that has a lot to do with it. Huh. Uh, yeah, I do think that's part of it. I think that the language barrier kind of makes people uncomfortable, even though he does sing it in English too. During but
2: hold the song. up though, <laughs> but La Bamba hit number one, and that was all in Spanish.
1: Um, but Richie Valens also had other songs that were in English. Jose, uh, uh, Feliciano does not have very many other songs in English, if any at
2: all. To be honest with you, I'm going to fight for Feliz Navidad. You should. I'm gonna- I'm going to make that my mission, We're going to need your help because clearly we can't do it. (laughs) Agreed.
1: You know? I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, So, speaking of needing your help, do we need help to settle this Kyrie LeBron thing? Um, So, for those that don't remember, during the NBA Finals, Kyrie did Kevin Durant's podcast. And during that podcast, he made some comment, and I'm paraphrasing, which was basically, you know, having Kevin Durant on my team is going to be awesome because I've never had a mother bleeper that can win the game like me on my team before that basically LZ that's what he said correct
2: basically yeah yeah okay
1: and I know he used the word mother bleeper in there because we had to bleep it out back then um so LeBron part two of the road tripping podcast remember we had Ali on last week and Richard Jefferson uh who interviewed LeBron so the part two ran um or is out and I believe it runs today on Spectrum uh, if I recall correctly, or maybe it ran yesterday. I don't know, uh, but I know the podcast version was out yesterday. And LeBron was asked about that Kyrie situation, and and here's what he said.
4: When I heard the comment that Kyrie made, I, I wanted to one not only find the whole transcript, but also call my people, send me the whole transcript. And um, and I heard he yeah, had did it on K- Katie's podcast, and um, I was a, I was a little I was a little like like damn. Once I got the whole transcript, I was like damn. You know, I wasn't like, oh, you tripping, I hit yeah, game-winning yeah, yeah. shots my whole life. I was not like that. I was like, damn, because um, you you were there for a couple seasons. I, I mean, I played with Kyrie for three seasons. The whole time while I was there, I only wanted to see him be an MVP of our league. I only cared about his success, and, and, um, and it just didn't align. Yeah. It, it just didn't align. And we was able to win a championship. Yeah. That's the craziest thing. We were still able to win a championship and, and we could never align, but I only cared about his well being, both both on did, and off the floor. And, and it and it kind of like it, it kinda hurt me a little bit. Um,
1: do you now listen, I believe that he's hurt by it, but I also will say this. Do you believe because I do, I I, I mean, I don't think LeBron is naive to think that he doesn't realize Kyrie and him didn't always get along, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and that Kyrie has, um, has made that fairly obvious, right? I, I believe, over time, but I guess that direct shot feels and maybe hits different. Is that a fair way to describe it?
2: Um I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Kyrie, not LeBron, but with Kyrie. I, I just don't I don't understand him, I don't get it. There are moments, George, in which I am bored by him. And when I say I'm bored by him, it's because he obviously is trying to come across as if he's this super intellectual who thinks on levels that none of us can comprehend. When really, a lot of times he just sounds like an idiot and he's not aware of it. So I don't know what to do with Kyrie's comments about LeBron because the source is so questionable to me. But I do know this there's not really a stat Kyrie can turn to to validate his statements about LeBron in the Clutch. I do know that because I looked it up and I wrote a column about it. And I can't find a stat in the regular season or the postseason to support the notion that Kyrie should have been taking that last-minute shot over LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, there's nothing to support that. And now when you look on the internet and the Googles, you have NBA writers letting you know that KD is not as good as LeBron James in the Clutch either. So when I say I don't know George it's because Kyrie talks out of all three sides of his mouth sometimes and so it's really hard for me to take what he talks about on topics like this seriously because I don't really think he puts much thought into it I think sometimes he'd just be talking.
1: He does just talk a lot. I don't think there's any question. But that that is not just talking there. He was not that was not a veiled shot. So I can no, understand it was, it was, if I No,
2: it was an attack. It, it was a targeted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, like, based on what? Because it's not based on facts. So it's based on what? Some reporter asked you once upon a time, LeBron James is a parental figure, and you're still mad about it? Mm-hmm. Like, what? <laughs> like, what is it that that makes you so upset? Because you didn't get to the postseason before LeBron James, and when you forced your way out of Cleveland to Boston, you've been in exactly nine postseason games total. Nine. Right. Since you've left LeBron. Right. And you so, haven't
1: like, gotten to the even to the conference. I mean, your team got to the conference finals, but without you.
2: But without you, exactly. You were watching. So right. I'm trying to figure out where is all this coming from. Um, I, I think it's just that. I just think. Look, he is. He hated being the little brother,
1: right? I mean, I, I think that part is a little relatable. But here's the thing to your point, you also have to have some self awareness. But are we asking maybe too much of Kyrie Irving to have self awareness just based on? And I don't know him personally, so I don't want to psychoanalyze him necessarily. But I could, you know, I'm trying, I'm drawing conclusions just based off what his public persona has been.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe he was just trying to make KD feel good, and maybe. He's smart enough to know that KD is sensitive to criticism as well. And just there is that know, there is you know, that. That, yeah. that that I believe you're the you're the best, you know, kind of kind of proclamation. But at the same time, there's no reason to trash easily the best player of the past 10 years, if not more, Um, just so that your current teammate can feel better about himself. <laughs> like there's no reason to do that. You know, so I don't know what happened between him and LeBron. I just know the more he talks, the worse he looks. The worse he looks. You know, Kyrie doesn't take responsibility for much of anything. It's always someone else's fault. You know, LeBron's fault, the media's fault. People give him credit for hitting, you know, the shot in the finals in game seven. And don't get me wrong, it was a huge shot. But if you really remember that game, he almost tricked the game off after he made the shot almost lost the ball right out of bounds and they're only up two or they up three no they were up three three so it's still very much a game it was one possession game and he literally almost tricked it off like on the next possession so it's like i get it you know you, you got great handles you're a hell of a scorer you're a really fun basketball basketball player to watch but I don't understand why you keep coming for Bron's head like this when he's when you've done nothing but win with him and only done nothing but lose or come up short without him. Yeah, look, I, I just think this
1: is Kyrie being Kyrie. And I think LeBron, to be honest with you, handled this perfectly um, because he took the high road there the, when you heard that comment, right? That's There's no question that was the case.
2: Yeah, I mean, he didn't. He didn't go off. He didn't immediately respond. Probably because he was busy playing in the finals. Playing in the finals again, finals. Yeah. Right. yeah. I was busy in the finals again. Where were you? Oh, not in the finals again. Right. So I mean, and yeah. as uh, part of the reason, part of the thing yeah. is like, why bother?
1: Yeah, yeah. So look, <laughs> let's ask Kendrick Perkins about this. He was on those teams. He's going to join us in three minutes
3: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: SBN, don't forget Santa Key is coming to town. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that'll happen between 6.30 and 7 today, LZ. I'm going to give the audience a little heads up. If you want to pick from the 7.10 stocking, get some Lakers goodies and gifts, it's going to happen between 6.30 and 7. So Kendrick Perkins supposed to join us. Uh, we have we're efforting to find him. That's probably the best way to describe it. Uh, in the interim, LZ. Before we get to him and discuss the whole Lebron Kyrie dynamic, because I'm sure he has plenty to say about that. Uh, Houston still has a problem. I don't know if you realize this, and it's lots of
2: problems. Yeah, First the of all, James
1: Harden. Yeah, the James Harden stuff is interesting. Laura, I know we have some Stephen Silas sound, uh, the Rockets head coach. Let me know when that's there. Um, It's there already. So here's what, and this is what you and I talked about yesterday, LZ. I feel like James Harden is really putting a young first-time coach in a real predicament here. And now he has finally reported to Houston, but his absence was already a setback because, you know, this is an abbreviated start to the season. So here's what Steven Silas said. As far as
2: timetable, there is no timetable as far as I know. And it is a setback. You know, you want your best player to be here. There is a short window, as you've alluded to. As I said yesterday, we're working as if this is the 6th to the 23rd. So there is some time, but it is a setback. Yeah, I have to be honest and, and understand that this is a setback, not having one of the best players in the NBA here. Yeah, of course it's a huge
1: problem for him. I mean, what, what you mean having not having a top five or six player in the NBA on your team when you're a first-time head coach is going to be a problem? Yeah, of course it's going to be a problem.
2: But it's not just the fact that he's not here. It's also the fact that he's in Vegas in strip clubs. And if you're a new head coach, a young new head coach, and you're trying to make your mark in this league, and leadership for the first time. That just is not a great way to start. And this is the reason why I was so down on James last night or yesterday during our show, George, is because this isn't just about you. You're claiming to be about something bigger than you. You're out there talking about Black Lives Matter and social justice and opportunities and all this stuff. And here's this young brother that finally get a chance to be a head coach in the NBA, and you're trashing And crapping all of his first couple of days, forcing him not to talk about his vision for the future, not to talk about, you know, the road he came up or what he learned from his dad, who was Paul Silas, a great NBA player and coach. None of that. No, he's got to ask. He's got to answer questions about your ass being in a strip club because you think you should be in Brooklyn or maybe Philadelphia or anywhere but Houston because you want to have an opportunity to play for a championship, even though... Houston has brought you several Hall of Famers, several Hall of Famers, to help you get to that championship. Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook. All three of those dudes are probably first ballot Hall of Famers, George. Multiple all-stars between them. Tens of millions of dollars. If you pull it back even a step further, Westbrook's been to a final, And Dwight Howard's led a team to a finals. So they have actually have been there to the finals as well. And what did you do with those dudes? Right. (laughs) What did you do with those teams? And now you want to crap all over this young brother's career before it gets started because you're upset with the way things are going in Houston when you've been the mainstay. They've been rotating teams around you, bruh. <laughs> it's a trip, dog. Mm-hmm. It's a trip. He about he George. He talking about he wants a fair opportunity to play for a championship. <laughs> and they gave him Dwight. And when that didn't work out, they gave him Chris Paul. And when that didn't work out, they gave him Westbrook. I'm <sighs> laughing because it's because when you say it out loud, yeah, it's it hilarious. Sounds, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is one of these deals where he really he doesn't. Uh, you know, he should take more onus. Uh, you know, in regards to the failings of those particular teams, right? And I, I, you know, all we do is get rotating casts around him.
2: Around him. Yeah. A- around him. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you look, Dwight Howard left you. Now, obviously, he had a rough time for years and years, but he ended up with the championship because he sucked it up and did the things he needed to do in order to win a chip. Chris Paul leaves you and gets MVP votes again. (laughs) Westbrook leaves you. No one thought anything bad about Westbrook before he got there. He leaves, immediately shows it to his new team, and is already loved. Already loved. Brooks is happy. You know, Bill is happy. Washington wants to like throw a parade after the inauguration in DC because they're so happy. Meanwhile, you're in a strip club throwing up dollars with no mask on during the pandemic, talking about I need to be with a championship caliber team.
3: Right.
1: You look ridiculous, dog. Right. You're supposed to be the reason they're a championship team. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So what the hell happened?
1: <laughs> this, you isn't know? Le-
2: this isn't LeBron in right. Cleveland trying to make it work with Larry Hughes. Yeah. They gave you Chris Paul and, right. Chris and Russell Westbrook and Dwight Howard in his prime.
1: Right. And by the way, you were a hamstring away, right, from getting to the NBA Finals. Like you were in Game 7 against arguably the greatest team we've ever seen assembled. Um, yes, and, and
2: and you, then you jettisoned Chris Paul. You jettisoned Chris Paul after you laid an egg your own damn self. Right. It's not like he balled out in Game Seven because Chris couldn't go. <laughs> it's not like he said Chris is not available. Let me drop fifty real quick on twenty four shots.
1: Yeah.
2: He yeah. didn't do that.
1: No. No. Insane. <laughs> um. It, Is James Harden, LZ, before we go to break, and I'd love to hear from the audience at 877-710-ESPN, like who is the most most difficult player in the NBA to root for? Save your answer. I want you to say it on the other side because we've discussed two already in the first two segments today. Uh, Plus, we have an amazing movie anniversary that we'll get to. We'll be back in three minutes.
3: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better.
1: Is Mariah and this song, All I Want for Christmas, Is You, better than Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano?
2: There's a poll up, George, my friend. Is there? It's early. Okay. Yes, it's early. Okay. Here's the question. Yo, ESPN LA, All I Want for Christmas is currently number two on the charts. Feliz Navidad has never cracked the top ten. Is this wrong? Your choices are, yes, it's a great song, no Mariah's Fire, three, I don't like either. Yes, it's a great song, Is leading comfortably by 45%. I have 46.8, actually. Oh, wow, look at that, even faster. Yeah. But, you know, no Mariah's Fire is pretty close at 47%. Nope, 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 down to 36% now, and then I don't like either, it's almost at 20%, which I need to know who these Scrooges are. Yeah, that's 70%. But you need to like one of those two.
1: But, you know, this is, this is the world we live in, right? Where, you know, there are going to be a, a, a sect of people that are not thrilled about anything, that are hard you, to
2: please. I mean, how do you like not either? On purpose. Right. Like, what are, what, are your other, what are the other great Christmas songs? You know, there's, you know, of course there's the Temptations versions of a few songs. There's, uh, what else you got, George. I guess we can go Michael Buble, but I think that's like just eating like a mayo sandwich. What did you say, Laura?
4: Silent Night.
2: Yeah, it's like Silent Night by like The Temptations or Boys to Men is pretty good. Um, Let It Snow by Boys to Men is an awesome Christmas song, but it's not like a classic. But like, how do you not like this song or Fleece Navidad? I I don't understand. What other attitude or energy is there besides that's not one of those two songs? When it comes to Christmas,
1: um, I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, it's we could ask the audience at eight seven 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 ten ESPN eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. You know, I, I look. I, I think there. Look, you can listen to what is the is it KL, uh, which is the coast, right? K O A K O S T uh, is the uh, station I believe that goes all Christmas in L A. And look, there's a lot of different. Ver- you know christmas type songs right like mariah is the more contemporary right then you have um you know you got jose feliciano because you've got like the uh you know ethnic version there right um mm-hmm. then you have the traditional stuff like i mean you can go old-timey like what's the most old-timey christmas song
2: like that like- Bing Crosby or not right? King Bing Crosby Cole. is a
1: perfect example. Yes. So it,
2: it's just like it's a wide range,
1: you know, Christmas music.
2: Could you turn this up a little bit? Yeah. George, my man, you missed me when I was straight, dog. I used to roll <laughs> it up with this song. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. You um, better be so- lucky I went to the other side. You wouldn't to- have been able to get nobody, <laughs> nobody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, LZ, let me ask you the question uh, again that I asked you, and I'd love to hear from the audience at 877-710-ESPN. Who is the hardest player in the NBA to root for? Just based on, you know, we were talking about Kyrie and some of the issues. We were talking about James Harden. Like, is it one of those two, or is it someone else that we haven't discussed today? Because both those guys are in the news, so it makes it easy to talk about them. But it did kind of dawn on me, they're both kind of challenging to root for.
2: They are, though I don't know if they can overcome Dukeness. Like, Duke NBA players, generally speaking, are just hard to root for. Mm -hmm. Like, Grant, Grant Hill I could root for, Elton Brand I could root for, Corey McGeddy. I
1: mean Grant Hill, obviously. One of the nicest. Yeah, that's, what I said, that's what that's my yeah. first one. Oh, Grant, that's right. Grant, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So
2: so Grant, I can root for. Corey McGeddy, I can root for. Um Elton Brand, I can root for. But after that, it starts getting a little dicey, man.
1: Yeah. So with yeah. that
2: being said, Grace. JJ Reddick. I like JJ Reddick. I like JJ.
1: But yeah, I know I like people that, I know there are people that don't like JJ Reddick like fans, right?
2: True. 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 Mm-hmm. No, I, I I like I do like JJ. Yeah, um, but I'm going to go with Grayson Allen. Is the hardest guy to root for, so it has to, because of the double Duke
1: and dirty play.
2: The double Duke and dirty play. I want yeah. every every single time he shoots the ball, I'm saying to myself, miss. I don't care if it's a blowout. I don't care Aww. if it's a one point. But game in and the and NBA,
1: forth. he's such an insignificant player. You know what I mean? Like,
2: uh, every time I see him, I just think about all the times he got away with just dirty play and i just wanted him once to roll up on the wrong dude but he was already maybe because he goes to duke he was too smart to roll up on the wrong dude
1: (laughs) so laura is there a guy in the league that you just look at him and you just like roll your eyes he's just really hard to root for (laughs) should i really answer this question no i want to hear who it is lebron what no he's way like, you
4: guys know i'm not. i know
1: you're not the biggest fan but he just won you a championship for I mean, God's thank sake! thank you
4: thank you very much i appreciate it i loved it i
1: <laughs> but i'm look it's like it's he's the player that i love to hate
4: if that makes sense right so that's why i always like eh, whatever mm. that's why what i said do you guys want me to answer on no that?
1: i want you to always be honest like i want that to be the case um, LZ, you were very quiet during that. You, you know, you, you, uh, what, what I is just the picked deal? myself
2: up off the ground. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd fallen out when she said that.
1: How, she, well, but it, it's consistent. It, she has been consistent on mm-hmm.
2: this. This is true. This is true. I, I guess it's because there is a point in which you get tired of rooting for people who are always winning or who like always seems to be there, you mm-hmm. know, like I, so I get maybe that aspect of it. It's just hard for me to root against LeBron because I just know what he's been through, right? <laughs> you know, you know, right. homelessness, mother, you know, was in prison, didn't grow up with a father. Like this, the way he is now should not be the way he's supposed to be based upon the stereotypes. So the simple fact that he truly went against the odds and has made it—not just made it, but as you know, freaking thrived—it's hard for me to root against him because of that history.
1: Yeah. No, I get it, but Laura's been consistent in that. Let's go to Steve yeah. in L.A. Steve in L.A. has a, uh, has a guy. Go ahead, Steve.
0: Uh, this, this one's easy. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a guy. No, no doubt about it. Wow. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, first of all, he's, he's arrogant. He's smug. He's a non-athletic six-foot guard who's never won big games. He rubs a lot of people in the league a wrong way. Should I continue or
1: what? I mean, I don't think he's non-athletic. I, I actually feel like just because he plays like a traditional point guard, that feels like you're you're counting, you know, that against him. I would say okay. his ability uh, to—I pl- mean, the smug. Okay, I mean, you don't like that. I mean, I like that. I actually like guys with an attitude. Um, but it, look, you could say that he—you know—he rub. I, I can tell you, he definitely rubs people the wrong way because he plays borderline dirty occasionally, right? Like, he will get right up in you. He is not giving you an inch. I can see where that rubs you the wrong way. I'm not dismissing it. I'm just curious as to what your reasons were.
0: And also, he's a jerk on top of that, and he's never
1: won. He's wait, never wait, won but why is he a jerk? By- like, what are you saying he's a jerk? Like, a jerk personally? Like, you've been around him? Yeah, well, not me but from the players who talked about him. Yes, absolutely. No, it, it, look, here here's what he is. He, here, I will defend Chris Paul a little bit, Steven. Thank you for the call. Um, I will defend Chris Paul. Is he a jerk? Maybe, but you know what he is? He's he's a hard ass. Like he wants you to do things right. And I don't now his bedside manner may not be great, but I don't I you know, I don't have a problem with people like that cuz at least you know where you stand, right?
2: No, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I all right, you know, what? Save, it, save it, save it, save it for hard the other for side. Me with him. Sa-
1: yeah. Save it, save it for the other side. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. We got more people chiming in at 710 ESPN. We'll continue taking your calls on that. Who is the most challenging player in the NBA to root for? Uh, so we'll get to that. We got what you need to know. Plus, LeBron makes a bold proclamation. We'll tell you what that is in three minutes. But first, I got to tell you about my friend Jacob and Ronnie. You know. What it's like. Um, Bronny, we're going to have to skip Jacob and Ronnie though because my computer just froze and I won't be able to read Jacob and Ronnie. So we're going to have to do that in just a few moments. We will be back in three minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Play It Safe, Good Times. Uh, LZ, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr.'s fight drew crazy pay-per-view numbers. They had Now, hold on. They they generated over $80 million with 1.6 million pay-per-view buys. Are you surprised at that number? No. Really? Not at all. It was all. an
2: exhibition. No, it was Mike Tyson.
1: Uh, I guess.
2: I don't I don't understand. I mean, I've been trying to get this through your head since it was announced, man. Mike Tyson's not an athlete. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson is a culture. Right. He's a cultural phenomenon. He's like Cher. He's like <laughs> cats on Broadway. Yeah. That doesn't age out.
1: <laughs> right. No, okay. Fair enough. Um, I just still thought that two old dudes uh, going at it for an exhibition wasn't going to draw people. But yeah, I mean, the, listen, the Tyson phenomenon has always been a big thing. I, uh, I questioned if it was worthy of a draw this time around, but clearly, uh, I have been, that has been disproven, <laughs> uh, or proven that it is a draw. So there it is. Uh, last thing for you here, because we did the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather stuff yesterday. So my apologies. I have that, uh, Bronny, you and I talked about that. I didn't remember we did that yesterday, but we do have UCLA news. Uh, so they have, uh, obviously Under Armour got out of business with UCLA. They, um, use their force majeure clause to get them out of business with UCLA for their gear and whatnot, but UCLA's going Jordan brand, which honestly is what it should have been, right? Like, that right. that that marriage makes a lot of sense, particularly because of what UCLA excels at
2: in sports. Exactly, George, and, like, I get it. man throws a bunch of money at you, and, you know, you, you see the dollar signs, and you think no matter what, your brand can overcome it. But Under Armour shoes are like nurses' shoes, dog. You can't Mm -hmm. overcome that. Right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're not not good-looking shoes. I I would agree with that.
2: No, they're not.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm with you on that. All right, that is What You Need to Know, brought to you by our friends at Morongo, Play It Safe, Good Times. So you're listening to KSB in Los Angeles, Sedano and LZ with you, and our pal Kendrick. Perkins is here. You can check him out on The Jump, on HoopStreams, and, of course, make sure you follow him on Twitter because he is one of the best, if not the best, follow on NBA Twitter. (laughs) Hashtag carry on. Uh, So, (laughs) Perk, thank you for joining us, man. So, look, Kyrie, for those that don't know, I want to fill in the audience real quick. Um, Kyrie, back during the NBA Finals, was on Kevin Durant's podcast and was excited about Kevin being on the team with him and made the statement, and I'm paraphrasing, that it's great to have Kevin on the team because now I got another, quote, mother bleeper on this team that can close out the games. And I felt like, clearly, at the time, we all felt that was a shot at LeBron. LeBron did not address it at the time because he was busy playing in the finals, uh, but now has since addressed it. And, Laura, if you have that sound that we can play for the audience, so LeBron was on the Road trip and podcast with our pals Allie Clifton, uh, Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye and addressed the Kyrie situation that we'll ask Perk about here in a second here is LeBron
4: when I heard the comment that Kyrie made I I wanted to one not only find the whole transcript but also call my people send me the whole transcript and um and I heard he yeah, had did it on K- Katie's podcast and um I was a I was a little I was a little like like damn once I got the whole transcript I was like damn you know I wasn't like are oh, you tripping? I hit yeah, game yeah, winning yeah. shots my yeah, whole yeah. life. I was not like that. I was like damn because um you you were there for a couple seasons. I, I mean, I played with Kyrie for 3 seasons the whole time while I was there. I only wanted to see him be an MVP of our league. Mm-hmm. I only cared about his success. And and, and um and it just didn't align. Yeah. It, it just didn't align and we was able to win a championship. Yeah. That's the craziest thing. We were still able to win a championship and and we could never align but i only cared about his well-being both both on and off the floor and, and it, and it kind of like it, it kind of hurt me a little bit so perk you played on those
1: teams you were teammates with those guys how did you receive not only what kyrie said at the time but how lebron handled it
0: well well well. first of all george i feel like Braun took the high road right because he could have said so many other things but he always take the high road when it comes to Kyrie, and he always makes Kyrie look dumb when he do it. I don't know if LeBron doing it on purpose or what, but when he takes the high road, he makes Kyrie look crazy. I mean, because I was there uh, the first season that they went to the finals, and I could honestly say that LeBron didn't do nothing but try to carry and show the way and lead by example. And he also deferred to Kyrie a lot, like, here, take over, here, here you go, you're a problem, handle your business. Like, you know, he wanted Kyrie to be successful. By the way, Kyrie never sniffed the playoffs. He was always in the lottery till LeBron James got there, but we always have a short-term memory. But, you know, I, find it strange. I found it strange that Kyrie went on KD's podcast. KD had to give the old K to release the sound. And you release the sound right when LeBron is on the verge of winning his fourth NBA title. It's just crazy to me, right? So the two guys that, you know, have, you know, the most say, the always got something to say towards the media, you know, really like, uh, do, do they have this hidden agenda against LeBron? And then all of a sudden they drop a podcast with Kyrie sound saying this ridiculous statement. Why don't right when LeBron was on the verge of winning this fourth NBA title? It's crazy to me.
2: It is crazy to me, but I've gotten used to crazy coming from Kyrie. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't want to trash the young man because, you know, what is he like twenty seven, twenty eight now? You know, he's still figuring stuff out still. Um but I just don't understand why he continues to purposely put himself in this position. Does he think of himself as like Better than other people, perk or is he just kind of like in his own little head? Is not really thinking about what his words are going to mean once he say them.
0: I mean, it just it's 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 to me it's like he's almost like I'm just Kyrie. Like he he want to be different. Like it's all of a sudden like if he don't have the attention on him or you know if the focus somewhere he don't want it to be, he got to do something whether it's crazy or not. He got to do something to catch the limelight, and he does it every single time. Just like when the players agreed to going back to playing to the NBA bubble. Kyrie initially agreed to it, and then all of a sudden when the NBA told him that, hey, no, if you're not playing, we can't afford for teams to take extra bodies just to be around, all of a sudden he was like, then we need to, you know, a week later is all of a sudden is that, Oh, a lot of guys feel like we don't want to. We shouldn't be playing in this bubble anyway. Let's cancel the season. It's like here you go again, just starting up confusion, <laughs> like all the time. he has <laughs> got a problem?
1: Yeah, there, there's definitely that. And it, Kirk, Perk, let me just uh, ask you one last thing uh, about Kyrie, and then we can move on and talk about other stuff. There's plenty of other stuff to talk about. Um, you know, when you were his teammate during that time, did you get the sense that it bugged him? Like the stuff that he, you know, that LeBron bugged him, right? Like that, just LeBron's presence uh, bothered him while you guys were teammates.
0: Well, a little bit. I mean, because he wasn't a guy that, you know, if we had team dinners. Braun would hit everybody, get reservations. You know, he wanted us to really coexist off the court, also. And Kyrie, majority of the times he wouldn't, he wouldn't show up. He was off doing his own thing, or he just wouldn't show up, and. And so, you know, it was times that Braun didn't go through shoot-around or whatever the case may be. And, and, look, let me tell y'all something. I played with nothing but Hall of Famers, right? Nothing but Hall of Famers. I was fortunate to play with a lot of great players. And a lot of great players, they got the special treatment. It just comes with it. KG got special treatment. Paul got special treatment. Ray got special treatment. KD, Russ, everybody got special treatment. And rightfully so, if you're the franchise guy and you're they got a, they, you a superstar, you're going to get special privileges that no one else could get. And I think Kyrie started having a little urge of jealousy when he started seeing LeBron get these special privileges. But, you know, I just don't know. Like, a Robin can't get the same privileges as a Batman. It's just what it is.
2: I mean, you can get inside the Justice League and, you know, push some buttons, but you can't drive the Batmobile. Is that what you're <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. When You know, let's shift gears for a second because there's another uh, person out there doing a lot of chit-chatting, or not even chit-chatting, just behaving in a non-leadership way, and that's James Harden. I've made little bones about the fact that I do not like what he's doing at all, right. particularly to this young brother who just got the job. I'm curious, yeah. do do other NBA players see what James Harden is doing as a bad thing or do they think he needs to do this in order to get out of Houston? Well,
0: well, first of all, I, I, I don't know what others are looking at, but I'm going to tell you what I see, and it is a bad thing. Uh, is it bad that he's asking for a trade? No. But it's bad on how he's handled it, and he's wrong in so many areas. One, you know, why Why would you treat, you know, Coach Silas like this? You know, you wouldn't treat Phil Jackson this way. You know, give him the same respect and show up to work. Two, like I said, it's your job. It's your job, man. Like, you're getting paid, right, to show up $30, $38 million a year to show up to work. So what if you don't want want to be there? Anthony Davis acts out of New Orleans. He still showed up to work every day. And here's the last thing that bothers me. Guys before our time, like my generation, even James Harden, I I put us all in the same category although I'm retired, but guys like Barkley and Jordan and Bird and Magic, like these guys were getting one or two million, max three million dollars a year. And they built this bridge for this generation to get paid the way that we're getting paid today, right? They paved the way. And sometimes the way that these guys and current players be acting is almost like they're burning the bridge down for the future generation that's coming up. And it's just not right. Like you're not doing things. You're only being selfish because what's going to happen is guess what? The owners are going to go to the next CBA and they're going to have so many rules about what happened. They're going to probably call it the James Harden rule or something to that nature all because how he's conducting himself right now,
1: and I don't agree with it. Kendrick Perkins hanging out with us here, of course. ESPN analyst, check him out on the jump on HoopStreams and follow him on Twitter at Kendrick Perkins. Uh, so, Perk, um, would you? Wh- where do you think James Harden ends up? Like, if you had to pick a spot, like, where? I don't think it's going to be Brooklyn, but would you trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid for him? Well, well, here's the thing right now, George, is that, guess what? Houston don't have
0: leverage, and it's all because of James Harden. Think about it. Three weeks ago, Dal Morey probably would have packaged up Ben Simmons and a, a pick or a couple of picks for James Harden or whatever. Now, they don't have to do that. You right. don't have to package up Ben Simmons. So, I, I don't know what James Harden is going to end up, to be honest, but it's like you're for, forcing their hand. Houston already is... You know, Timmy Fata is already saying he's not just going to give you up. Now, I think a trade that do make sense that no one's talking about is that if I'm the Clippers, if I'm Lawrence Frank, I would have been picked up the phone to see if they was interested in doing a swap for Paul George and something else. But I don't, God. you know, like that makes Done, a lot of per- sense to me
2: done <laughs> i'm sending him myself Good move brother i'm sense. i'm one billion percent with you in fact i'm so with you i could already hear paul george tell me he always wanted to be a houston rocket his whole life and that is where he's going to stay
0: <laughs> right 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 <laughs> just, you know i just i i don't know where he ends up at but i I, I'm like, the way that he's doing it right now is just so ugly. I don't know, like, after not showing up, to me is disrespectful to the team, your teammates, although they may come out in the media and say the right things. Like, when you come back in the locker room, how they going to feel? Like, what, you don't want to play with us? You don't have faith in us? Like, even Coach Silas, how do you feel knowing that this guy don't want to yeah. give you a chance? Forget that you've been around for 20-plus
1: years, but – he don't want to give me a chance, and it's just its just sad. It's sad the way yeah. he's going about it. No doubt. Kendrick Perkins, again, check him out on The Jump. Check him out on Hoop Streams. <laughs> check him out on Twitter. Perk, you're the man, brother. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and taking the time as always. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks. I appreciate y'all having me on. Thank y'all. I'm Thanks, brother. I'm there a- he perfect. is. Kendrick Perkins, our pal, joining us there. All right, coming up next, LZ, we actually didn't – there was one thing we didn't get to uh, with Perk, which is LeBron made a proclamation, one that Laker fans mm. I'm sure will be interested in because it includes them. Eight seven 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 ten espn if you still want to weigh in on who is the most challenging player in the NBA to root for. I know we had a full board of calls before Perk, so if you want to get back in, we can do that. Plus, a big anniversary in movie history. All that coming up in
0: three minutes.